0: Hello, welcome back to our Spirituality of Parenting podcast. Bethany and Cammie are here with you again today. Hello. This is podcast number two. So if you actually listened to podcast number one and are back for number two, that makes us so happy. woo Yay! In case you missed number one, of course go back and listen to it. But just to catch you up, uh, we are working our way through a book called Bless This Mess co-written by a pastor, Molly Baskett, and a child psychologist, Ellen O'Donnell. And we're looking at both how we might bring our own spirituality into our parenting, and as well how parenting might be a spiritual gift to us. Trying to look at both sides of that coin. Now, I have to start out by saying I blatantly lied in the last podcast. Did you notice that I did that? No. <laughs> so so I what I said is this week being last week, I have picked out some passages from the book that we're going to discuss. And then I said, maybe in other weeks, Cammie will pick out the passages. Yeah, Yeah, see, that's not going to happen. No. (laughs) You know, as it was coming out of my mouth, I knew it wasn't going to happen because here's why. So when it comes to public speaking for Cammie, what do you call yourself? A chimer-inner.
1: I'm a chimer-inner, yes.
0: Yes. So basically how this podcast is going to work is every week I will pick out the passages yes. that have uh, been interesting for me and Kami will chime in. Yes. I think in the sports, the
1: like baseball analogy, mm-hmm. you're the broadcaster and I'm the color.
0: that's a good analogy Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so so that's how it's gonna work and we've when we've been telling people about this podcast we've been clear this isn't really an advice podcast because heaven knows we don't know all the answer heck no um but it's more just sort of our thoughts and reflections on on what these two authors have been bringing up so i hope you're reading the book along with us it has been very interesting so we're on chapter two Um, And I really just want to start with sort of what the main point of their chapter is. Okay. Um, And so they ask the question, how do we as parents raise a spiritually grounded child? And they basically have two ideas. Okay. One, getting to know the child you've been given. Two, letting go of fear and holding on to faith. Ooh. Ooh. So I actually want to do two first and then get back to one. Oh. So letting go of fear and holding on to faith. And then they go on to say, to be a parent is to be afraid a lot of the time. Yes. Yeah. Wow, you agreed with that fast. I do. <laughs> as, as we discussed
1: in the first episode, I am Mama Bear. Yes. So I do have more fear in me than you do. Mm-hmm.
0: That's your- funny because I read that sentence and I'm like, eh. I don't know if I'm really, you know, fearful as a parent a lot of the time, but that is part of just our personalities. Right. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually wrote a note here in the margin um, that some of me being able to say that, I realize, is coming from a privileged position. If we're talking, say, specifically about safety, you know, we live in an... To a city, Nevada, California, where you know I'm really not super concerned about his safety, right? right. I mean, we often leave our doors unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give out our address. <laughs> okay, not gonna do that anymore. That was the fear in me. <laughs> um, you know, we'll go for a bike ride and leave our bikes unlocked as we go for an errand, right? So
1: you misspoke. We don't live in Nevada.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, so. You know, I realize that not everyone can say that. So, you know, part of me saying I don't have a lot of fear in raising my child is is because I, I, I is spoken from a place of privilege, so I do want to acknowledge that. Yes, but
1: I come from the same place of privilege, and I still have fear. Yeah.
0: I also wonder if knowing that you are sort of taking care of that part of Ben's life makes me sort of not have to worry about it. Oh. Yeah. You've got that. You're Mama Bear. You're doing a good job at that. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. You're very generous <laughs> <laughs> however you know, they do say um that maybe we can let go of some of that fear here's here's another quote from the book the natural fear that accompanies being responsible for raising tender beings to adulthood and there, i i do feel that sense of responsibility uh for raising this tender being to adulthood yes i don't know if i would couch that responsibility in fear but i certainly do feel a responsibility. Um, but they say that that can often make us feel helpless and out of control. You know, I'm wondering, like, do you have a sense, like, I don't know what I'm doing a lot of the time. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's true. We don't know what we're doing. Right. And I kind of feel like, um, by the way, we should note, if you didn't listen to our previous podcast, we have a 13 year old son, Ben, who is referenced, a ton in this podcast, yes, because <laughs> he's our only source he's of only... you know knowledge about parenting. Yes, um, but I kind of feel like you know we're basically figuring everything out all the time, right? And right. I also feel like once we sort of have something figured out, then he moves on to a new stage and it's something new. Yes. Um,
1: well, we talk we talk to each other quite a bit about new stages, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Well, that's also lucky that we have. You know each other to bounce ideas off of
0: without a doubt, in fact, just last night uh we had a socially distanced dinner outside with a friend of ours who is a single parent um, and just hearing some of her feelings of helplessness and out of mm-hmm. control, which she has a lot of um, but part of it's because she has to make all the decisions all by herself, yeah. Um, which is hard. So, my goodness, to those single parents out there, may you have a community around you. Absolutely. Um, and I, I feel like by the end of the night, we talked about a lot of things, not just parenting, but um, I feel like she felt maybe a little less helpless and out of control. Not because we had any answers for her, but just because she could talk things through. Right. This. So having that community of support is so important. So important. Um, and also having our faith. You know, another quote from the book. What if each of us in our weakest moments lifted our arms in prayer instead of in anger? You know, given ourselves a time out to listen to God. Oh, I have given myself a time out
1: with dealing with our son.
0: Yes. More than once.
1: Yes. Because I can feel myself getting a little angry. And so I need to go sit and calm down Mm -hmm. before I... uh, address anything. It used
0: to drive him absolutely crazy. <laughs> Why is ma c getting a timeout? Now, did you pray in your timeout? I
1: I can't I can't I can't say yes or no. Yeah. I probably did come and ask for a little calm. Mhm.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: That that would be something that I can see myself doing, but I can't. I can't with certainty say yes I came and I hit my knees actually I can with certainty say I did not do that
0: right yeah yeah but but something to think about you know in those moments where we are maybe feeling fearful because of the responsibility we have of parents or helpless or out of control to use the author's languages um you know spending a little time in prayer and remembering that we are not alone in this yeah is is important and I think just as you You had mentioned us being able to talk with each other about our, you know, Mm -hmm. parenting stresses. You know, what about also talking to God? You know, that's one way we might bring our faith and our spirituality into our parenting.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that would be very helpful, Mm -hmm. you know, on a a daily basis. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't
1: have to hear me talk to think all the time
0: could be the subject of a whole other podcast <laughs> <laughs> how cammy talks to think <laughs> episode one, episode one. We'll, we'll get to that later <laughs> Oh Lord! all right so let's move on to what i think is actually the main main point of this chapter getting to know the child you've been given mm. um, and so one thing they say here is our job as parents is to discover who our children are and then love them further into being and really, most of this chapter is about that. How, you know, our our children are born themselves, right? Yeah. God God creates each one of us as very unique individuals. Um, and as parents, according to these authors, our job is to help nurture the child into being who they were born to be, mm-hmm. and not, they say, nurture our child into the person we think they should be.
1: Yeah, I love that thought. Mm-hmm. To get to know the child that you have been given and nurture that child. It's it's a beautiful thought and I think that you know if all parents did that the world would be a really lovely place. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and I you know I I will def I I think we do have a good knowledge of our son. We do spend a lot of time with him. A mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. wonderful time with him. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes challenging time with him. <laughs> but um but knowing him, but then also setting aside our thoughts and wishes for him, and just letting him be who he is supposed to be.
0: Absolutely. Although, as with most things in life, easier said than done. Yeah. Let me give you an example that I've been struggling with is, um, I love music. Anyone who knows me knows my love for music. And uh, Ben has been playing a trumpet for what 4 years now he's been playing it for yeah. a, a while since um that's right and definitely has a, a musical gift can sight read like crazy yeah. um but in this time of shelter in place you know there's no band to play with right. and he really doesn't enjoy just playing trumpet by himself which i understand
1: yes um, he is a performer
0: yeah he, he needs an audience <laughs> In more ways than one, like, you know, he loves preparing for that concert yeah. and playing with his classmates at school, and so he really is considering not playing the trumpet anymore, and that breaks my heart. I know, but you know, in my in my good and reasoned days, I realized that you know that's me talking. You know, I have a love of music, and therefore, I want Ben to have a love of music and to play an instrument. Um, but you know, I understand that it's not fun right now it's not enjoyable um so you know knowing as a parent how to balance his needs and my needs but also as a parent recognizing too maybe seeing a bigger picture than exactly. he can see that you know 6 months from now maybe there will be a band to right. play in and if you give up your trumpet now will you get back to it when there is a band so yeah it's hard it's it hard it's a, I, and i think it's a balance and i want to read one other quote you know, I think we might hear that, you know, as parents, let your child be who they're born to be and be like, oh, okay, well, tap out. <laughs> <laughs> no. God, you've got this, right? You, yeah. you, you created my child, you've got this, but, you know, they make the point, you know, we, parents, still have a big role to play in helping our children learn how to harness their temperament, and I would add, and their gifts, and their talents, and their passions. Absolutely. So that they can be the best version of themselves. Um, you know, we still have a big role to play. Right. Um, and I think part of that is that balance. You know, helping Ben balance the short term of playing the trumpet is no fun right now. Right. Versus the long term of, oh, but when bands are able to play together again, maybe I will want to participate again.
1: Yeah, that I was going to say that, but you said it very eloquently.
0: Oh, so no! Gonna... I stole your thunder! No, no! You had it great... <laughs> it was like...
1: <laughs> Wonderful.
0: <laughs> I thought of another example, too. Um, I'll use my sister as an example. Okay. Before she had kids, um, she was mm. very sure, even when she was pregnant, she was very sure that she wanted them to be very unscheduled. Right. Right. She, you know, it sort of graded on her to think that her life was going to be ruled by, you know, mealtimes have to be at a certain time and nap times have to be at a certain time. And she just wanted to raise her kids to kind of be able to go with the flow.
1: And we said, that's not going to happen. <laughs>
0: Because, of course, the wise people who already had a child. But then, you know, her firstborn son yeah. is extremely regimented, you know, and, and has been since birth. And, right. you know, later on in his life now, has been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. So, you know, his need for a schedule is crucial. It is. And I have been very proud of my sister, you know, sort of putting her desires for a go with the flow lifestyle away and realizing what's best for her child is a very strict schedule, and that is how he flourishes. Yes. Um, and I've been very inspired by seeing how she has been able to do that. Yeah. And I would,
1: our son likes a very strict schedule, too.
0: Yes, and one of us does not. Yes. <laughs> if, if you're listening and know us, we'll let you guess which one of us is <laughs> not a fan of a strict schedule.
1: <laughs> That's me. I don't, they don't make them guess. I do not like... So I do have to put that aside occasionally
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I know it's better for the other two people mm-hmm. in the household. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, they make another point. Again, it's all sort of on the same topic, topic but um, the importance, they say, of self-differentiation from our children. You know, Knowing where we end and they begin. Gives us the filter we need to parent in a way that both nurtures and guides. Wait, say that again? Self-differentiation from our child. You know, realizing that, you know, certainly they are a big part of our lives, um, but, you know, they are their own person. You know, I think mm. I think we're pretty good at not doing this, but, you know, some parents who sort of live their lives through their children. Oh, yeah. You know, even like a, oh, when I was a kid, I didn't get a chance to do this, so my child's doing this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, but that knowledge that... No, we are very separate people. separate right. different people. Yeah. Yeah, now you... Did you want to share the story from your childhood? Or did you decide not to? <laughs> She's looking at me with this puzzled look on her face. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, well, about me... <laughs> Not wanting to put things on Ben that were put on me yeah. as a child. Okay. I was just making sure we were on the right. That that was great audio right there. Okay. <laughs>
0: K- carry on.
1: <laughs> well, I struggle a lot because um, things were expected from my childhood, and my my parents wanted... Didn't want me to do certain things mm. because oh well you can't you can't do that because you won't make any money or mm. you can't do that because only weird people uh, just weird things that they were that were were said. Hmm. So as a young as a young person developing, it was confusing mm. and I I desperately don't want to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. But then I also
1: mm-hmm. desperately don't want to overcorrect so much
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I don't
1: ever give Ben the encouragement in in a path.
0: Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's it's interesting. I do that a little bit too. My sort of not wanting to be who our parents were. Yeah. <laughs> but one example for but me: your parents are lovely. My parents are awesome. If you're listening, parents. Thank you. You're wonderful. However, and my dad would be the first to admit that, he is a relatively anxious person. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And so, in living my life, I have definitely tried not to be an anxious person. You've done a good job. Well, but I also wonder about overcorrecting, too. Like, am I sometimes just so laissez-faire and, you know, not engaged in order to not be anxious? I don't know. No, I don't think that that's true. Okay. You have very specific... (laughs) we're getting off topic. That had nothing to do with parenting at all, except not wanting to be like our parents. Although...
1: No, not, not, just not over-correcting.
0: Yes, yeah. And I will say, uh, there are many, many, many ways in which I do hope I'm like my parents. Absolutely. Because they were wonderful. Yes. All right, so slight subject shift, but still sort of in, you know, how we help our kids be who God created them to be, is a section that they have in the book on Boundaries and discipline. Mm. Um, and how hard it is sometimes to say no. Yeah, You know, in fact, let's be honest. It certainly is a lot easier to say yes than to say no. They said, but ancient wisdom and a whole lot of research suggests if we let short-term happiness win every time, we will make our kids miserable in the long run. Well,
1: I. I mean, I think that in the early on you and I decided to put boundaries on Ben and hold to them and we mm-hmm. we, we were given pretty good advice on and Pat told don't put on punishments or, or consequences that you yourself know you can't live up to mm, absolutely and yeah and so making sh- and they always having to adjust them you know, for Ben's early on, you can just say, well, you're not going to get a piece of gum when he was like three <laughs> years old. And that was like... Yes,
0: gum, the best disciplinary <laughs> technique we had. Punishment. <laughs> to, you
1: know, and we were horrible people. But doing those those small boundaries, super, you know, early on mm-hmm, in his life mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. never wavering from them. Mm-hmm. I can't say Never. I'm sh- I know we, we did, mm-hmm. but desperately trying not to mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and talking to each other about those consequences before we put them on
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: because we both had to live with those conse- the consequences of his behavior and things that we were trying to uh, nurture, to <laughs> use the word of the book, in yes. the right direction Yes, to have him be the best him.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, and they make a couple of points that you know you can be authoritative without being authoritarian, right? Yeah. You can be in control without being controlling, mm-hmm. and again, like everything, it's balance, it's a fine line right. um, but you know, I think that's important to sort of offer this container with very clear boundaries um, with very clear structure in which your child can flourish, in which your child can discover his or her own spirit and own calling. But but they need that container, those boundaries in which to do it.
1: Right. It, it was also helpful because you were a, a youth minister for so long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. seeing the different kids that would come through the church and go on mission trips, and I mm-hmm. always noticed that the ones that were the happiest and the most... Uh, relaxed in life, mm-hmm. their parents had pretty good boundaries, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the chil- the kids knew what they could and could not do, and it it was helpful, at least to me, to see that oh that that is a good way to be yeah it takes a lot of stress off of a teenager preteen kid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if they know where those boundaries are now. It I th- always thought that it was help uh, healthy when Ben pushed those boundaries.
0: Absolutely, yes,
1: um, <laughs> no doubt about and it. And then we had to decide if that was the right
0: boundary <laughs> or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, but I think you're right. That your your mention about the mission trips is very true because we have been around a lot of kids in yeah. our time, haven't a lot, we? Right. Um, and noticing. Yeah, where where the spirits were flourishing mm-hmm. um, versus where they weren't, and really, I noticed at least the spirits flourishing, you know, when there were those boundaries, right, and those expectations and those structures, right, you know, almost, you know, it almost doesn't make logical sense that with those structures in place, it really does allow the spirit to flourish. Um, I have one more thing I want to say before we sign off. Do you know what I wrote in the book here? Nip it. Nip it. Nip it. That is a big mantra in this house. Sort of one of our parenting mottos. Mm -hmm. Nip it. Nip it. You know, before the behavior gets too out of control, stop it early. Yeah.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Which I think is, again, about boundary setting. Right. And and about showing that, I I wouldn't call either of us controlling by any sense of the word, but I would say that we are in control. And part of it is that, that nip it. Oh, I see you, Ben, starting to go off this way. We're nipping it and bringing you right back on the path. Yes.
1: I, I remember when he was young, he was trying out different tones with us. <laughs> and that was kind of a thing. We're like, Mm-mm, no, we're nipping this.
0: <laughs> Yes. Uh, Yes. 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 That's (laughs) Cammie and I can just look at each other and say, we're going to nip it. And we know exactly what we mean. I don't like that. (laughs) We're nipping it. All right. So I want to end our session today with a prayer that actually ends this chapter in the book. So let us pray. Mm -hmm. God, help us to see and love our children for who they really are, just as you made them. Help us to keep growing into the parents we long to be, while knowing you love us just as we are. Give us the courage to make our kids unhappy in the short term for their long-term grit, resiliency, and joy for the good of the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We will be back with you next week. Bye.